1: Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is April sixth, two thousand and sixteen. Uh, it's been a while since I did a show, and decided that I needed to uh, finally get back to it. I've been really I've been dealing with breast cancer and had a lot of surgeries, and I am finally feeling well enough to do it. So thank you for um, all the people who uh, had sent me good thoughts and prayers on Facebook during the time that was very very difficult for me starting back as uh, November and uh, kind of went through until a couple weeks ago. So thank you to all the listeners who knew what was going on with me and uh, sent me uh, all the good vibes and prayers for people who pray. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have, I've decided to uh, change, not, you know, the focus of the show in the way that I would like to interview a lot of professionals again, which I did in the beginning, as well as sort of tearing up AA literature, uh, which I actually might do again, um, because I'm in such a different place than I was five years ago. Um, So I've asked a friend to join me so we can just kind of um, throw things around and talk a little bit. It's going to be a short show, and I will have uh, some... In the future, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Gerstein, who started Smart Recovery Uh, on soon and Stephen Slate I'll have on as well as um, a few other people so I'm going to just go right here and uh, take the call hey little caller you are live hi Monica it's Harriet hey Harriet how are you good and you good good connection we have here Yeah, doing better and uh, better every day uh, thank you for uh, joining me. You know, as my Ed McMahon, like I said to, you know, I named, to, Johnny, <laughs> to Johnny Carson, the guy sitting over there that you can uh, bounce things off of, right? Instead of just talking right. to yourself. Um, you know, we we met dealing with uh, you know people that were uh, you, you weren't in AA and I was, but uh, you found me and the whole thing, which we're, we don't have to talk about now. But I thought I would just get back to this because this is the reason I made the movie and the thing that I found so upsetting when Christine and Sandra Cass were murdered was that the courts uh, were not only sending anyone who got a DUI or DWI, as it's called in some other states, they were sending violent and sex offenders. And then I learned from somebody who I interviewed that a lot of sex offenders don't even have a drinking problem for obvious reasons, which I never even put that together. Yet there are people who overdrink, right, and then do things that they obviously wouldn't do sober. So there's both kinds of people, but this major dumping. And I got the opportunity to interview a woman who was the warden at San Quentin and then became the top uh, person who's the head of the the penal system in California while she was on the board of Alcoholics Anonymous a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we just talked, and it was pretty shocking to me to see how people just don't know some of this that's going on and why would they if AA is always promoted in such a lovely light on our television and our in our media, right? Right. And I think you were the one who told me that, you know, did some digging with drug court, right? Then it began in eighty yeah. nine in Florida, right? And um Right. You know, do you know any more, like, who started it there or why Florida, the connection?
0: Um, I'm not sure exactly how that got started, but it did get started during that time period and since then has just grown more and more. And then now they've expanded it to different types of drug courts to – I mean, it's almost like how AA has diversified into all these other type of 12-step groups. There's other types of uh, similar drug courts. They might be – now they have mental health courts. Um, And one thing I found shocking was in the mental health courts, which is supposed to help the extreme mentally ill. I mean, you can't even qualify to be in that program unless you have an extreme form of mental illness like schizophrenia Mm-hmm. um that they mandate them to go to AA
1: and NA. Oh my god, you're <sighs> kidding me.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh,
1: and so wow.
0: Oh my god, and, and it's That's... mirrored after drug court cuz they think, you know, drug court has gotten all this publicity, good publicity. Uh-huh. Um but in reality other than a lot of people disagree with how uh, yeah. good they are uh right. they're very expensive they cost a lot of money but
1: mm-hmm. the courts
0: get a lot of money from the states and federal money and now they've expanded it to mental health courts now they have um mm. a veterans court that's mirrored after it um oh, you know many courts like that
1: wow i didn't know that so here we are um <laughs> you know it, it, i'm <laughs> yeah, going to some events uh, it's really shocking i mean uh wow uh, i'm gonna go to an event where it's gonna there's gonna be a judges and, and lawyers uh very soon, so I'll be talking to them but that is so shocking it's It's become like a i was there's an ad uh it was an ad for strength like this woman's like superpower yoga and um the ad said uh even strength is addicting it's like ah." Oh. What? No, it's not. <laughs> like, you know, uh that's it's 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 just a trait. It it's a trait, you know, whether you're talking about physical strength, uh that would be a physical characteristic and if it was inner strength, then it would just be a characteristic of your character. It's not right. a fiction. Like it's really um it, the meme, that I'm in LA and it's so infested with AA thinking and people and people come here and they want to be successful in the movie business so they're willing to do anything they can you know, to get a job or to, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that this, you know, portion of uh, stopping it, I, there's some people who debate. So I I read an old letter that somebody reposted um, by Stephen Flade, who uh, I reached out to, and I'm going to have him on again. Because Stephen, he's also in my film, but he has a, you know, a di- very different story and uh, with opiate use and, you know, was kind of pushed and hated it and was an atheist. But that... Um, you know that there are people, and actually there's some other people that have been very anti A previous before I even came around. About anyone needing to go to any group, you know, why is it that Americans have to be sent to a group to sit around in? You know, like what right, is right. that really like? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, at first we were all like, yeah, you know, we, we should be we you should be offered other options. And first of all, I want to say if you're listening. And you have a DUI, and you don't want to go to AA. You can fight it, and I recommend you fight it. And you tell your lawyer right away. You know your rights. It's a violation of your First Amendment rights. Um, if you live in a big state like, well, especially Los Angeles, Moderation Management and um, Smart Recovery and SOS have all been approved by the state, by the city of Los Angeles. So I just felt like you know, let that out there. People are listening who um, are uh, are in this situation. And you kind of really, some of these lawyers, they are clueless about all this, and yet they're a DUI lawyer. Yes. So, right? So I want to just say that yeah. fight it. There are people that do look up the Barry Hazel story. John Heller represented him out of San Francisco. I interviewed them here. They're all over the Internet, that story of how he fought it and uh, won $1.9 million. Um, he did have to go back to jail, and that's where he wrote like the entire story of how he was forced to go to an AA rehab. So this all the diversion programs. So I want to go back to the thing that you said about the money. So you said it cost a lot of money. Um the drug courts. Why did yes, it cost yes. a lot well, of it, money? And how is it in – yeah, talk talk about that, please.
0: Um well the program itself it just it costs the the county and the states a lot of money because of all the it's very highly regulated. I mean, I've sat in drug courts to observe and and read what they ex- – I mean, you can look up online um, yeah. in any given state what they require of people, and yeah. there's a lot. I mean, if I had to do it with no problem, I think I would have a hard time jumping through all the hoops they want these people to jump through. I mean, yeah. and
1: mm-hmm. it's a
0: burden to the family, and they have to have a lot of personnel. They have to have um, – a lot of personnel to meet with the people and the program, and it's it's people have argued that the money could be better served going into the community to help more people because mm-hmm. even if it did help those few people, that it could help more people if it was given out to the community and not just to uh, you know people in drug court. But it pays a lot of salaries, so people who are employed by drug courts. Mm-hmm. They want to keep their jobs and they like getting the state money and the funding. <laughs> so they Whoa. promote it and they Uh-oh. put a lot of um, articles out there, you know, saying how good it is and showing people who have succeeded in it.
1: What are some of the professionals that are making money from it?
0: Uh, of course, court, you court would... personnel.
1: Oh yeah! Oh, the drug court personnel. Hmm. You remember there was a there was one in. I guess each year one is held here, and then one year it's like every other year it's held in D.C. And uh, you know, we we both we were so busy, but I was like, damn, we should go to these one of these one year. Um. Oh, the
0: a, drug court national drug court association. Yeah, that's independent of a county. I mean, a lot of people have their hands in the. Uh, you know, in, in the in the cookie jar for this, so it's not just county employees and state employees, but it's much mm-hmm. more far-reaching, including, you know, people who are trying to expand AA and NA meetings and that sort of thing. So there's a, a big benefit for all that.
1: Here's a story. Um, I have an RSS feed that pulls in any stories about, you know, AA and stuff in the news. And here's the headline. This is Fox News make sure the sound doesn't come on. Um it says fox411 is the website. Judge orders model Stephanie Seymour to attend AA. That's like in the headline. It's from the New York Post. And ah. she a Connecticut beautiful beautiful uh young woman Connecticut judge agreed to drop drunken driving charges against supermodel Stephanie Seymour if she completes an alcohol program. So who's making money on that? How much is that? Who's invested in that? Mm-hmm. And, and attends Alcoholics Anonymous meetings twice a week. He's going to drop the charges. Do you know anybody? I mean, I know a lot of people in California who got a DUI, and they, their char, their charges were not dropped, if they did those two things. Right. But mm-hmm. she's white, beautiful, and uh, famous. And uh, but you know what? I'm really more upset about her rights being violated and how beautiful she is, and that she doesn't know. Um, who's sitting in those meetings? Because you have big famous people bragging that they're members, and uh, I mean, as we we know, I mean, I saw it. I, I just say, I, I can't believe it. Even when I was on Katie Couric, that woman who was a um, anchor woman. you know, was like, yes. blabbing and going on that she was a, uh, you know, an AA member and how she knew, you know. Anyway, it's like wow, I, I've been really surprised crazy.
0: too. I mean, there's been. There's been actually a lot of famous people mandated to AA meetings and the first thought that crosses my mind is they must not have a very good attorney and yeah. these people have money. Like yeah. why isn't right. their attorney looking out for them and saying, You I mean I think all they'd have to do is bring up their First Amendment rights, ask mm-hmm. the judge for an alternative. It would mm-hmm. be a lot of bad publicity if the judge, you know, made a big deal about it and didn't work with uh work with them but It seems like the lawyers are part of the problem because they're just following the path of least resistance, but they're doing a terrible service for their client, especially someone who's rich and famous. And on top of that, violating their First Amendment rights or putting them at risk for, you know, the dangerous people that are there, a loss of privacy, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things. So I I can't believe how many famous people are mandated and how right. it doesn't seem like very many fight it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I think uh, that maybe what happens is that as soon as somebody is, um, because I've been finding out since uh, attempting to get distribution, that in the major agencies, whether it's CAA or ICM or William Morris Endeavor, that you have a lot of agents that have like played this game with AA and joined AA, whatever the hell that means mm. now. Mm-hmm. So that if an actor gets in trouble, their agent, uh, you know, obviously knows somebody in AA, whether, you know, there's a big producers like Chuck Lorre and there's other, you know, we'll we'll just use him as a good example because he's broken his own stuff when he was like, you know, fighting with Charlie Sheen publicly. But um, uh, that then they swoop in, you know, I didn't understand this, but I do clearly do now because it's happening. It's happened in the music business for a really long time. And, uh, that this could certainly happen with these cases, and then they say, Oh, I got a friend, and he's an attorney. This gets them dropped. And if you fight it, then it's not going to get dropped. You're going to go through, it. but it, it, you're going to fight it. And you, I know people who have and said, You know, I'm not going there. I'm not going to AA. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, you can go to MAD. Like, so, so now, again, if you're listening and you're in L.A., I don't know what it's like in each state or each city, but you can actually be just sent to a MAD class, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which I heard from this particular person that it was very effective and, you know, it was a very worthy uh, class where people. There's testimonies of, you know, people who have lost their family members from drunk driving killing them, and there's a little movie they watch, and they pile in three or 400 people at one time in to watch a movie. Um. But it, you know, when I interviewed uh, Hector Mendez, whose daughter Carla Brada was murdered by Eric Earle, who was court ordered to AA over uh, 50 times um, over 20 years mm. instead of going to jail. Now he did go to jail sometimes, but very too often um, he didn't. And I'll bring up another couple. So the couple who did the petite murders, uh, that family in Connecticut, that horrific. Um, oh, you know, yeah. r- rape and murder and the father survived and lived, those two guys yeah. were steppers. They were AA members. And in this small community like that, you know that, in fact, you know, and HBO did a movie about that murder. It was a really well-done movie, and they interviewed people who knew him and I think even his sponsor it was like so ridiculous that those guys had a history, especially the younger one. You know, they sort of get away with it. They live, and instead of going to jail for a violent crime or for stealing, which is considered, you know, it's we're not talking about oh I have one joint or I've peed on, you know, a drunk peed on the side of the street or it's a drunken in public or something, but you know, right. if you're robbing people's homes and you're crawling into people's, you know, houses at night, they knew this kid was a bad kid. He belonged in jail. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the other guy was uh, had a really long, long history of problems, but that they decided a long time ago. I mean, uh, you know, I had a, a baby back then and saw the change in AA and really pulled back from Alcoholics Anonymous at, at that time not knowing. I didn't know what was going on with drug court. Now, I know that there were a couple of judges, yeah. big-time judges here that were, well, they weren't big-time judges, but they were, Big time AAers who were judges, right? Right, and um, as well as the judge that was in uh, uh, the 48 Hours, who I, um, you know, declined being uh, interviewed by me after he said yes, that he was on the board of Alcoholics Anonymous while he was doing drug court, or at the, you know, he did both things. Sent mm-hmm. a lot of people to AA which he later told me they found out after talking to me that, yes, there were many women who were sexually harassed and 13-stepped and worse.
0: Yeah, In Florida, they had stopped uh, sending teens, um, or at least in the county uh, I was uh, doing research on, they had mm -hmm. stopped sending teens to AA and NA because of sexual harassment and sexual abuse. So... um, but that's not something, you know, that was put in writing or anything like that. It,
1: really? How, how did you but, hear so that? So these
0: judges know it.
1: How, how, did that, um, how do you know one that? Of the drug,
0: a drug court personnel person told me that.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: I was concerned about uh, that happening and was told, well, that's no longer happening because, I mean, they used to, but because, there's, you know, what, they were getting complaints and there was problems, so they Stop doing it. But it's still very common uh, throughout the country to mandate teens. And the problem with the mandating of teens is that's done usually in a family court or, you know, if they're a minor, it's just done where you don't get to see what the judge is sentencing uh, juveniles to. And so when I try to call about it, it's, it's actually been more difficult to try to help teens and to find out information about who's being mandated because ironically they're being protected cuz you can't find out their names or you know what they're doing but you can find out online that these juvenile courts are one of their requirements is mandating them to AA and NA you know if you start researching but you can't find typically individual cases because they're being protected so in some ways they're able to be abused more because they're quote-unquote protected. Oh, boy.
1: Me. Oh, boy. So I just clicked on National Drug Court. Wow, thank you for telling me that. So I, I went into National Drug Court, and then, of course, now on their page is exactly what you said, Justice for Vets, Drug Court for Vets, oh, okay. who's on here. But um, uh, Martin Sheen, who is an, a known AA member, and uh, Allison Janey who is on MOM, well, I was wondering if she was or not. I have no idea. Uh, here's a, like, you know, two big actors and actresses um, promoting the drug court. Uh, yeah, Alison Jane, now... Mary McCormick, Richard Schiff. Oh, God. Go ahead <laughs> before I get too depressed. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did notice with some of the vet courts, and I'm not sure what, you know, what precipitated this, but. Some of them won't say they have to get a sponsor, but they still have to have another person, and, and they call them by different names, like a coach, Um, you know, like the vet has to have a coach. And I think it's because, in part, that, you know, vets do know that they put their lives on the line to protect mm-hmm. this country, so we have, you know, freedom of religion forced on people or um, – yeah. You know, that sort of thing and that <laughs> some of them have complained about it. So uh but unfortunately in some of the uh veteran courts they do go to AA and N A but many of them I've seen have don't have actual sponsors, but I do wonder just another name for a sponsor.
1: Yeah, it's just a way of covering up because now they call them AA's and NA's. They don't say when I was in court for the two murder trials that I went for, and I also went with a couple of people who got DUIs and sat in court, but uh, the, it, for the murders, they, you know, in between when they're waiting for things, they do the really quick, quick things, and they were always alcohol, drug-related charges, and DUIs and stuff, and they were calling them like AAs and NAs. Like, I was like, what is this, a pill? Like, really? it's a way. It's a way to say it so that, People don't know what you're talking about. And that makes it seem like it's official and that it's, you know, government. I mean, quite honestly, there are people that, you know, in my life, because I have two sons that are in their 20s, who told me, and really there were adults, too, who said this, that, you know, they thought it was a government agency. And Mm -hmm. one kid was Muslim and another one, another person was an atheist. But they were like, when they got there, they were like, what is this? Like, it just, you know, it's, it's like, really rogue. And, like, if you went to the MAD class, it's professionally run. But even, we have a thing called the 501, I mean, the AB541 class, which is the alcohol class that obviously this, uh, you know, model um, was sent to it. I think each state is, and I know each state is different, but you have to, everybody has to take this class that costs almost okay. $600 that you go over a ah. number of weeks, where you then get, um, like a little sheet of paper, and, you know, there's a lot of us on Facebook now as well as the blogs, but somebody told me that all they did was watch the movies that promoted AA. Like, that's what they did. Somebody contacted me mm. and said they watched. They had to watch, you know, the Clean and Sober movie with with uh, Michael Keaton and then 28 Days, which is another promotional, you know, crap uh, for just prom- – I don't know why Sandra Bullock did that kind of movie. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think Sandra Bullock is in AA. I never, you know, saw that, but she certainly married a stepper. That's the one that screwed her over with all the tattoos on him. But I oh. mean, it's you know, I it just just really, it's uh, like like I said to you earlier, I just want to go to New Zealand and uh, sit in the forest for a while, get far far away from all this crap. I'm just like. Really everywhere, you know. And then another guy has a show on Netflix that's totally about it, and he goes to meetings. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> isn't there something else going on in your life or people's <laughs> life? <laughs> but the well, drug it seems pricing, the idea
0: that they they want to yeah. push so much the disease theory, and uh, that's really annoying. If you're doing research on any of this, you start getting pop-ups on your computer about rehabs and. Uh, I was doing some research the other day and one popped up. Uh, you know, addiction is a disease. I mean, they just say it like it's a fact and it's yeah. and I was like, No, it's not. <laughs> but they just yeah. brainwash people. So if people are just on their computer, they're I mean, there's so many messages about it, uh being a disease and people being powerless and
1: Right, right. Well, I was just talking to even without uh, your mentioning lady. AA. Right, right, about the disease thing, uh, where it was once considered um, to be a mental illness to be gay, right? I mean, it's in the, ah. in the 1940s, ni- 1950s, and uh, the, to be homosexual or gay, you were considered to have a mental illness. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, th- that's pretty shocking, but uh, I know that's a fact uh, from interviewing, um, I think it was Robert, Whitaker, who wrote uh, about mental illness, he's written uh, three books. And I think that, uh, you know, when you have, right now in the DSM-5, it's called alcohol use disorder, and it's mild, moderate, and severe. And that's what, you know, they've gotten together and said, you know, it's not been called alcoholism, actually, for a long time. Even the previous DSM, whatever number, was it was DSM-4, uh, called it something else, but it's considered, you know, a, a, a disorder. But when you have Nora Volcro, whatever her I forget her last name, who's you know at the head of a government research uh, thing, who's calling it a brain disease. I mean, what what kind of a? It's, you know, how could it possibly be a brain disease? But we're getting off topic, but you know i i just want to say we only have a few minutes left um the, just 2 minutes thank you Harriet for you know being um here to just bounce things back today i really appreciate it and all your support uh that everybody throughout sure. there is no to i've created some facebook groups but um there are lawyers that will help represent you say no to aa for DUI, please Join the Facebook group, if you'd like. Say no to AA for DUI. Go there and like it, and um, and I think it's, it's an open group. You can join it. And then I made a leaving AA group. But there's a ton of uh, groups now on Facebook as well as. And, uh, yeah, I really look forward to having more people, more professional people on as well as I do the normal thing that I did previously. You know what I mean? And I...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that um, by me, and uh, I'm going to go with a couple of other people to this event, where there will be hundreds of lawyers and judges, that we can make a dent. And um, if uh, anybody has any ideas, just DM me on uh, Facebook. So I think I'm going to wrap it up and to say again thank you so much, Harriet. Okay. Again, this is Monica Richardson. This is Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. And join us next week. You can listen to it free on your phone, on your computer, or on iTunes, and share it everywhere and just fight back and know you cannot be forced to go to AA for a DUI. It's a violation of your First Amendment rights. All right, Harriet, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye, Monica. You later.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Next time. Bye.